Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 57. Guess what? It's a great big world out there, and you don't have to be scared, because it's all yours for the taking. I know that your dreams are big and bright, and God gave you this life to do. Hi, Principal Matters listeners. This is Will Parker, principal from Skytook High School and host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative ideas for improving your own school leadership. If you'd like to check out other posts and free resources for school leaders, you can do so at my website at williamdparker.com. If you want to subscribe for my weekly updates, I'll send you a free ebook called Eight Hats, Essential Roles for School leaders, or you can check out my book, Principal Matters, The Motivation, Action, and Courage Needed for School Leaders at my website or at amazon.com. This week, I want to talk about why self-reflection matters. You know, a few weeks ago, my wife and I took our oldest daughter, Emily, out to dinner. She's 18 years old this year. Uh, She's a senior in high school, and we wanted to just spend an evening together encouraging her about the opportunities and the challenges that she's going to be facing as a graduating senior and a soon-to-be college student. Just previously, I had been reading Tim Elmore's book, Generation IY, which I refer to in episode 56, if you want to listen back to a summary and some thoughts on, on that book. But in Elmore's book, he shares about three intelligences that help us in conversations with our own children or our students as they're maturing. He calls them emotional intelligence, moral intelligence, and leadership intelligence. And during our dinner together, I asked Emily if I could share the descriptions of each of those areas with her and ask her to reflect with us on where she felt she was strong and where she felt that she might still need to grow. You know, Elmore breaks these down into the area of EQ, that emotional intelligence, where he says, quote, we need to help them, our students, develop their EQ, their self-awareness, their self-management, their social awareness, and their relationship management. Or their MQ, their moral intelligence, where we need to coach them towards robust character, personal discipline, a secure sense of self, and strong positive values. Or finally, Their LQ, as Elmore says, we need to encourage clear vision, courage, priorities, big picture perspectives, and planning skills. And so with each of these areas, the EQ, the MQ, the LQ, we reflected. And as she reflected on these different areas, I began to learn some insights about her that I hadn't known before. And I think it may be safe to say that she also learned some new insights about herself, too. The reason I'm telling that story this week is because self-reflection, when we dig into where we are strong or where we may be needing to grow, self-reflection is not only good for our children, it's good for older learners too, just like you and me. And I can remember about five years ago when I was talking to a buddy who's probably 20 years younger than I am, 
And he was telling me about some goals that he and his wife had set and reached. And he was excited about being a young father and starting his own business and pursuing his dreams. And I began to reminisce with him about when I was his age um, and how my wife and I had paid off our debts and we had bought our first house and we had started a family. And as he listened, suddenly he just looked at me with a curious expression and he, he asked, so that was 20 years ago, right? What are your goals now? And I remember being surprised that I was stumped. I stumbled around for an answer and I finally just looked at him and as honestly as I could say, I just said, you know, I think right now I'm just trying to survive. And when I walked away from that conversation, I was haunted by my response because I was asking Myself, when was the last time that I self-reflected on my own goals for my family or my future? In many ways, I had been been achieving a lot of the dreams that I had set for myself in my career um, and in my personal goals, but where did I want to grow from that point? And a few weeks after that uncomfortable conversation, I was invited to a weekend men's retreat with our church, and it was a unique agenda. Instead of spending a day together in meetings or activities, um, our church pastor asks each of us to spend that day alone, each of us alone, in solitude, self-reflection, prayer. It was a beautiful setting. We were out by a, by a wonderful lake, and uh, it was so it was a great place to self-reflect. And he gave us a list of questions and goals, and among them, here were some that I began to reflect on. And I want to share these with you as an encouragement for you to think about where are you self-reflecting in your own growth? As we talk to our kids or our students or our own children about self-reflecting, where are we self-reflecting? So here's five self-reflecting questions, and then I'm going to follow them up with some goals and a few strategy questions. Number one, what were the major milestones of this past year for you? What were the the main events, the major milestones for you in this past year? Number two, what were the major ups, the major blessings for you in this past year? Number three, what were the major victories? Because sometimes there's a difference. Blessings might be things that were just unexpected. Victories were things that perhaps you fought for and you were able to gain. So what were your major victories? Number four, what were your major defeats, the things that kicked your butt or that you knew were not goals that you reached? And number five, what were the major lessons that you learned through the process? Now, in asking those questions, I realized that just reflecting on them in a conversation like this through a podcast probably will not be amazingly effective. But let me encourage you to think about how often are you reflecting on those deeper questions of your own experience as you're thinking through your milestones, your blessings, your victories, your defeats, and lessons that you're learning. Next, think about your goals. This is, we're already into March of 2017 if you're listening to this at the time of its recording. So let me just ask you, where are you planning to grow this year? In your family? In your social life? In your physical goals, in your vocational goals, and in your spiritual or faith goals. What are your goals in each of those categories? Because each of them is an important category. And then last, how are you making those personal goals for yourself 
SMART goals? How are they strategic and specific? How are they measurable? How are they attainable? And how are they results-oriented? Now, when I spent time reflecting and praying about those goals at that retreat, it was really a wake-up call for me because I had just had that earlier conversation a few weeks before then with a young man who had reminded me that I had stopped setting goals. And then I had an entire day to sit and reflect on some, where have I been? Where do I want to be? And I, I think it's safe to say that that self-reflection time was really a launching pad for me for much of the content that I've been creating and sharing over the last four years in my blog and through the books I'm writing and through the presentations I'm doing and through this podcast. In fact, I would say that in a lot of ways that day was a turning point for me because it challenged me to maintain a mindset of continuous growth or it challenged me to embrace a mindset of continuous growth. You know, to try to put it simply, self-reflection is the practice that can help you move from a surviving mentality to a thriving one. And ultimately, I believe it helps us reflect on how our lives can benefit others in more strategic ways. All of us have room to grow. And I certainly haven't maintained growth without difficulties or challenges or failures. And I'm sure you haven't either. But I can say that a significant shift occurs in our trajectories when we are taking time for self-reflection. So in this week's podcast, why why does self-reflection matter? If you haven't thought about the power of self-reflection lately, let me recommend a great book to you by Pete Hall and Alyssa Simmerall called Teach, Reflect, Learn. In in this book, um, Pete and Alyssa share lessons that involve what they call the reflective cycle. And I recently had the opportunity to hear Pete present on this book and the strategies that he has used as an instructor and an instructional coach to look at his own practices, to reflect on them, and then to use those reflections as a launching pad for improvement. And this book really does reemphasize the point that our abilities to self-reflect always involve a continuum and a cycle of stages. And the four stages that, that Pete and Alyssa point out in this book are, number one, the unaware stage. This is when you have the inability to see or the lack of sensitivity to understand your own practices, whether they're good or bad, you're just not aware of of the practices that you're doing. Perhaps you're walking through the steps or the motions of your work without ever stopping to self-reflect on on their effectiveness. That's the unaware stage. And all of us are in that stage at some point in our journey. Number two, the conscious stage. This is when we begin to recognize our habits and our progress or our lack of progress, and and we realize the implications of that. And so we become aware that, yes, this practice has effectiveness or this practice does not, or at least I'm becoming conscious that my understanding of this practice affects how much growth is possible as I move forward. And number three, the action stage. This is when we are armed with new information. We begin to take new action steps. We adapt new accountability. We ad- adopt new commitments to trial and error until we can see the kind of improvement that we want to see. And number four, the refinement stage. And this is when we 
begin repeating the things that we know are working or being effective. We're thinking ahead. We're collaborating with others so that we can gain more knowledge. We're planning with this new knowledge or practice in mind so that we're refining our craft or our skills or our practice so that it's becoming, our delivery is even better. Now, Pete gave a fantastic example of this when we were sitting through his presentation and he showed a YouTube video of a young teacher who's reflecting on one day in class. And at the beginning of this video, the young teacher says something to the effect of today, I had the most fantastic lesson with my students. They were engaged. They were listening. I felt inspiring. And we, this was one of those wow moments that I I don't want to forget. And then he pauses and he says, but you know what? Later when I was alone, I was thinking back to that moment today that I thought was so fantastic. And I realized that of the 30 students in that classroom, only four of them were actually participating in this conversation. So was that really the most amazing teaching moment I've ever had? That I was engaging four kids in an inspiring conversation that was really benefiting me and those four kids? What about the other 26? Do I have any idea what was going through their minds? No, because I was not helping them respond. I was not engaging them or connecting with them in a way to find out what they were thinking too. It it was such a wonderful snapshot of a teacher who was really journaling online through this YouTube feed of how his own self-reflection, his own practice in the classroom went from thinking that he understood how wonderful this learning moment was until he reflected on it more and he realized, man, I still have room to grow. I still have room to refine. I still have students who haven't been reached. And so that cycle, that quadrant of, that, of, of continuing stages, that being unaware, to being conscious, to being active, to, be, to refining, is something that when we're willing to self-reflect, we walk through that cycle over and over and over again in our practices. You know, Pete said in that presentation, beware of the traveler who thinks he has arrived. In other words, we endanger our effectiveness when we simply do what's worked before without really analyzing whether it's working or what our motivations are when we're performing. So here are some questions that I want you to think about this week. When is the last time that you walked through a reflective cycle about your own practices? When is the last time that you assessed your own strengths and your own weaknesses as as an educator or an educational leader or as a spouse or a parent or you fill in the blank? And if there is a direct correlation between our self-awareness and our ability to help others, how can you explore, better explore your own motivations and how you are guiding and coaching and helping others with theirs? So let's wrap this up. You know, during that special dinner that we had with our oldest daughter, Emily, my wife and I both took turns telling her the ways that we had seen her flourishing as she's growing up. And we encouraged her to keep growing in other ways. And then my wife made the evening especially sweet by giving her a beautiful necklace so she could remember that occasion. And later that night, as we were talking alone uh, about that evening, um, my wife and I were both reflecting about the pleasure of watching our little girl becoming a young woman. And as proud as we are of her, we know that she still has years ahead to grow. And just like us, she's going to experience a lot of ups and downs. But in the process, our hope is that by modeling self-reflection for her and with her, that she'll begin to see the benefits of understanding her own 
emotional intelligence, her own moral intelligence, her own leadership intelligence, that she'll begin to understand her own strengths and weaknesses so that in the process, she'll make wiser choices for the days ahead. And hopefully, she'll be focused on how, in turn, she can help others in their own journeys. So now it's your turn. What is one step that you can take this week to move toward a conscious awareness of where you might still have room to grow? And then what are some ways, as you're self-reflecting, that you can begin to empathize with where others need to grow and help them become more self-reflective? Let me just encourage you, especially if you're getting ready for a spring break, which at the time of this recording we're getting ready to jump into, think about whatever season that you're in. If you've got a break coming up or if you've got a, a quiet moment coming up over the weekend, take some time to reflect on the questions that I've shared in today's post. And I would encourage you to go to the show notes for today's podcast that you can check out at my site at williamdparker.com and read back through those goals questions and ask yourself, how can you include self-reflection as a way to be recharging your batteries for the rest of this school year? Well, that's it for this week. I just wanted to remind you as you are leading schools and as you are educating and as you are working with students, that what you do is so incredibly important. And if you'd like to check out more free resources like this one for school leaders, you can do so at my website at williamdparker.com. If you'd like to subscribe for free weekly updates, I'll send you uh, an email anytime I've got new content and you can subscribe there on my website. And when you do so, I'll send you a free ebook called Eight Hats, Essential Roles for School Leaders. And if you'd like to check out my book, Principal Matters, The Motivation, Action, and Courage Needed for School Leaders, you can do so there at my website as well. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you take time for self-reflection. And I hope that you remember that what you do matters. And I'll talk to you soon. You were made for grace.